everybody and welcome to the Lion of Vienna Suite podcast episode 71. I'm your host for this evening. My name is Dan Murphy and joining me today is the returning Mr. Chris Manning. Chris, how are you? I'm fine, Dan. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure, as always, to be on this lovely show. 71 episodes, eh? Flipping heck. We should be on a lot more, really, considering we started quite a while ago, but we had a bit of a lull in the summer. There wasn't much to talk about, but getting back on it slowly but surely. And also joining us today for his second Love Pod appearance, it's trottersblog.com's own Jimmy Donnelly. Jimmy, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me back. No worries at all. It's always good to get a wide range of opinions on this here podcast. And we have some opinions to give on Saturday's match, because Bolton, for the first time in six games, they won a bloody match. So we all have reason to be happy for once if we ignore the swirling disaster that is hurling over the horizon but we'll, we'll, we'll focus on the football for now this way six Chris we smashed Walsall despite going to go behind 4-1 even by playing three at the back I wasn't there you two were so you two just fucking talk about it knock yourselves out have to add <laughs> No worries. It was a, it was a nice uh, nice distraction from the the financial world that we've all become experts in, Jimmy, wasn't it? Hello. Yeah, <laughs> it was, right, it was an, an unplanned segue, but no, it's not. It's nice to get back to football, Dan, uh, to answer your first question after many many what felt like weeks and weeks and weeks of nothing but endless childlike statements back and forth with the. Verbal fireworks being spouted by both parties, but I really enjoyed it. Despite the fact it was freezing cold, mm-hmm. really enjoyed it. It's always good to have a game where you feel, even from the first minute when, uh, sorry, the fourth minute when they scored their goal. I think it was the fourth minute, maybe a bit later than that. Thank you very much. The, you know, the victory never felt in doubt for me. Um, I know they've come out at their end with a few rum statements about how they were wronged or they were they were they were hard done by. I didn't see that sort of game to be honest. They, they did all right. Well, so they you know they had a couple of bits here and there, but largely we were we were dominant um, from from start to finish. Really, I mean, bar their wonder goal, uh, and Anik had a, a slip in the second half where he nearly let one of their guys in. I don't think he really had too much to do. Um, I've said as much in my ratings on the website, top to bottom. You know, more or less, everyone had a good game. Um, I don't want to pick on anyone particularly who, who didn't have a, the greatest game in the world. No, no, Jimmy, don't, don't you start predicting what I'm going to say. I'm going to, I'm going to surprise you. I thought uh, I'm starting to get a bit concerned by the form of Vela if we're going to get the the, the, the the slight negatives out of the way. And that's only because the last couple of games you didn't play in that more advanced position, um, which is obviously the, up to the manager. But I thought on on Saturday he looked a bit lethargic. He didn't, didn't really have much to do, much... Um, Spark about him when he had the ball at his feet, which was unusual for Vela, but perhaps he's just a bit on the tired side. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, it was nice to see Lafondra back also as well. I think as time goes by, he gets his fitness back. He'll uh, he'll prove to be the, an excellent send like we all expect. But I was also impressed by Chris Long. thought he really looked very promising as well. It's nice to have some, key, some keen runners. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll uh, get on to our new signs. You jump in the yeah. gun there, son. You jump in the gun. But, Jimmy, what do you, how do you find the match in general terms before we delve into... The details and whatnot. Um, echo what Chris said, really. I thought it was a bit of as good a goal as it was. It was completely out of nowhere, and I think the only shot they had first half. Um, they had a really good spell of possession for the first 10 or 15 of the second half, but again, it kind of felt like that was on our toes in that we deliberately sat back and let them have the ball rather than them dominating us. Um, but I just start to finish, I thought we completely controlled it. Could have scored another couple. Um, the new the new system seemed to work. Um, the new boys stood out massively. I'll agree with Chris on Vela. I think he whether it's the fact he's had to play a bit deeper or he's never had this many games in a row in his relatively short career and maybe he's just feeling it in his legs. Might be worth resting in Tuesday night with a big game Saturday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it might be a wise decision. But Chris, we played three at the back on. Saturday, and it's a formation that's not really fared as well in the past under several different managers. I want to know why it worked on Saturday. Was it just because Walsall are that good, or was it because it was finally implemented well? Who played where? I'm talking about like full-backs, midfield positions, centre-backs and whatnot. And like, How come it worked on this occasion, when on so many occasions it has not? Well, 
as the home team, it's always it's always probably a, preferen- a preferential formation to play because uh, opposing teams only tend to play one up front. I found it, you know, in this league, especially away from home, we do it as well. So your three centre halves, and especially three centre halves of the quality of Derek Beavers and Wheater, should should have enough between them to cope with one one centre forward. And they've got back a Yoko their centre forward. He wasn't the the icon from CM ninety seven ninety eight. He was a much 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 inferior version. Um, and they didn't have much to do. To be honest, they mopped up everything that they that uh, that they had to do pretty well. I thought Beavers and Wheat, it was a, a bit of a return to form for both of them. And Derek on the right-hand side of the three was really good as well. I gave him my man of the match. Yeah. Um, I, I felt like, yeah, I felt like he, he, he didn't let anything get past him. He was good on the ball. His anticipation was great. He had a bit of pace in there as well to, to cover the other two out who aren't the quickest. Um, but then on the left-hand side, Taylor was up and down. And then um, Philip, Philip Morris on the other side so was up and down as well. Back, yeah, he did, yeah. He was, he was a really impressive um you know, first hour for him before he tired as well a little bit. But by that point, the damage was done. Uh, put in some lovely crosses. They both did in fairness, left and right. Um, so yeah, I think I think for at home, I think going forward, I think that's going to be a good option for us. I think for Parkinson to show a bit of flexibility from from his previous formations that he's yeah. chosen um, and a bit of a, a bit of innovation in, in terms of what we're used to yeah, is a good thing, especially as we can try and accommodate Lafondra. Uh, I think we need to accommodate him alongside Medina or Long or whoever. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it was good. I mean, especially uh, Morris, I thought he looked excellent. Mm, I don't know what you thought, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah no, I was a bit worried uh, when the teams lined up and I saw him at right wing back and I'd, I've been seeing him briefly over the last couple of years. Um, very good player, great first touch, great passer, but not a good set of legs on him. So I was a bit worried about that, but I did like first half when he pushed on. Um by design or just whether because Vela was looking, but Vela seemed to drop in a bit behind him um, to cover that that space in behind the race. So, well, again, whether that was by design or not, I don't know, but it seemed to work first half. Um, but he's got he's just got such a good cross on him. Um, I think with us playing two up front, that could be the service we need to get some out of uh, Medina and Lafondra. I said as much in one of my pieces, Dan's, Sorry to interrupt. Oh, no, I think at the moment we're at the moment we're, we're struggling a little bit, to, or at least on the, the evidence of yesterday, uh, of playing the way that's going to get the best out of Lafondra. Because I think the two wingers style is going to get the best out of Medine, you'd hope, with that aerial service. Mm-hmm. But perhaps not so much Lafondra. I seem to recall his last time. Last time was he benefited a lot from uh, Chung Young and Mark Davis giving him feeding him little through balls. In oh, oh, we don't we don't play that way anymore. You know we, no. we're, we're much more direct. But time will tell, I suppose. Dan, sorry, you carry on. Yeah, no, you're right. That's- it is, it is a weird one because it's clear that Parkinson loves Medina. He loves getting the you know the balls up to the big men. But I feel like more so than what Clough because Clough, I don't feel like Clough really benefited from playing with Medina. He never got onto his touchdowns or whatever. And then Clough only really flourished to, towards the latter half of it, you know, the latter end of his time here. So when he was moved out wide and he was picking the ball up out wide, then cutting in and being dangerous from out wide position, not really being near Medina. But whereas I think with Lafondra, Lafondra's a lot. I'd say Lafondra's a lot smarter than Clough when it comes to positional sense and working with a partner. And I, I can imagine Lafondra being a lot more clinical with the ball at his feet when it comes to knockdowns and stuff like that in the box. So it could work. Medine and Lafondra could have a bit of a uh, crouch and default type situation. Obviously, just not as good as that holy trinity or holy pair, I should say. But it's a uh, yeah, it's definitely strange of all uh, transfer dealings, which we'll move on to soon. But Maurice, I'm definitely happy to hear that Maurice is good. I had no idea who he was until Mark Isles tweeted about him, saying that he'd been released by Bradford for some reason. He was a bit of a Parkinson mainstay at this time there. So it's you know it's clear that Parkinson likes to bring in his own players, players who know his system, who'll play to his strengths and whatnot. And it's very nice to hear that Derek's playing well, because I think he's... It's weird. He's probably had more people clamouring for his for being in the team than any other player in recent memory, I'd say. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, Jimmy, do you, want, do you want to take that one? Yeah, yeah. The, the only position he's not played, I think, is in net. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, whether he needs a goal there, I don't, I don't know. He strikes me as a bit of a, a jack-of-all-trades master and on, really. Mm-hmm. Um, he seems to look okay in every position, but never really do enough to, to batter people out of his way to keep the shirt. Yeah. He had a good spell earlier in the season, but then got another knock and Thorpe came in and did okay for a few games and I think Parkinson probably trusts Thorpe a bit more in the middle of the pitch but I thought 
playing on the right hand side of three looked the most natural I've seen him. Um, certainly positioning wise, he got caught a couple of times in the second half, but I think that was more to do with the fact that the the right wing back had pushed on a bit too much and left him covering two spots more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that I think I think he is a defender. I just think he's a defender who's learned to play the game in Spain and isn't yeah. that good at defending. Um, I think. Oh, go on, please continue. No, go on, go on. I think with Derek's Derek's problem is, I say, he gets times he's quite prone to a knock every now and then whenever he's in the team. So like, he never gets a really good run in any no. one position. <laughs> we all know he's shite at right back. I don't judge him for that because he's a centre back by trade, and I feel harsh on judging any centre back poorly for playing bad at right back. But whenever he's had a go in midfield, he's he played really well. I remember, in particular, against Hull or Middlesbrough last season, the match we won. I think it was Hull at the end of last season. He played really well in that game against uh, you know a, a team that got promoted at the end. And I'd say he's had good spells this year. He's had good spells last year whenever he's played in whatever position aside from right back. And I feel like in this, you know, we've been forced to play the three-five-two due to injuries to Laurie Wilson and thankfully Taylor's back now. But we've had injuries in fullbacks, so it's forced a hand to play in this defensive uh, setup. I feel like if Derek can get a good run in the team now against two experienced and you know two good defenders who played very well this season it could do him a lot of good and maybe we'll finally see the player that we all think is in there somewhere that's what I hope anyway but we scored some I agree I think it, oh, I think he's a victim of his own uh, versatility as as Vela has been as well in, in some ways yeah. and it's, it's hard to get a run in the team when you're the man that fills in various gaps when, when there's a need yeah. Um so yeah, I think I think sometimes that's a bit of a problem as well. Mm-hmm. But it's always good to have those players because you know God knows mm, we for sure. Them. Bolton scored some really good goals at the weekend for quite a surprise. And the first two, you know, good header from Gary Medine and then a lucky own goal from a spearing corner, spearing getting in amongst the goals and assists recently. But the second, our last two goals for a start, Liam Trotter, he started and. <laughs> He's once every three year wonder goal came up this time with a lovely volley from the edge of the area. How did Trotter play in general, uh, Jimmy? Um, I thought he didn't do a lot right, but then he didn't do a lot wrong. If that makes sense, yeah, I think okay. I think it definitely suits him playing in a tight midfield um, where he doesn't have to do a lot. And that, that's not an insult. It's just I think he's a very simple player, and he, he did well earlier in the season before his last injury when he played in one of the two when we played a diamond. Um, mm-hmm. When he, his job's very very simple, very narrow. He just has to get the ball and he has to give it again straight away. And he keeps it ticking. Um, I think he does get a lot of aggro he doesn't deserve. But at the same time, I don't think he's helped his own case um, over the last couple of years. But again, I think he's one of them players who you notice him, you notice him when he does something wrong. But when he has a relatively quiet game that's when he's doing the right things for the team yeah. um, so I thought, I thought he did well yesterday mm-hmm. What do you reckon Chris? Yeah don't disagree as I said in my ratings piece that you know apart from the goal he scored I don't really remember him touching the ball too much but that's that like Jimmy said that's that sort of Busquets style and I hate to use that, that comparison He's, he's but far better get, than Busquets Well <laughs> not not the first not the first exaggeration we'll hear from you tonight, Jimmy. I'm positive of that. You know what's He gets the ball and he moves it on to other players quickly and that's all he needs to do, so fair play to him. Um I've watched the goal back about four or five times and it does some weird movement yeah, that I can't, can't quite I can't quite understand. Yeah, I thought I, was, I thought I got a deflection first time, but it, it Well moved. I did I I did turn the replay because when I saw it in the flesh, um where I sit in the East Stand lower, it was kind of the trajectory of the ball into the top corner, I followed it right behind. Didn't appear to move, to take a deflection, it just moved massively. And I think the camera angle from the replay is such that it makes it, feel, makes it seem like there's a uh, some sort of unnatural movement in the ball. It could just be his weird technique, but uh, it was just absolute stunner. Mm. I had um, I had a hand in both goals, Dan. Oh, yeah. I know we don't we talk about assists before, um, but just before Medine's corner, I turned around and said to the guy who sits behind me, you know, I wish we were more of a threat from corners, especially yeah. Medine. Then he went and scored. And then a couple of minutes later, we were talking about Trotter. Remember when he scored that belter against Wednesday the year before last? And then lo and behold, he went in. So I'll claim, I'll claim an assist on those two goals quite freely. Thank you very much. Ah, well, you are the man who so famously says that assists don't matter, so they're quite irrelevant when you get them to yourself too. But 
Correct. Never more so. What may well have been... Uh, the, I think the 40-yard Thunder Bastard from Warsaw, it's kind of... It's, it certainly looks good, but I don't feel it's quite as impressive as these two because his was just a hit and hope, caught the keeper off the line type thing. Oh, it's a great goal, don't get me wrong, but uh, I nearly called him Shane Long then. Chris Long, the Ohlone from Burnley, he scored a right ripper of a goal, didn't he? Fuck me, that was a great strike, so wide from the goal. I mean, he definitely looks pacey as well. I asked my mate, who was a Burnley fan, about him um, when we was rumoured to be signing him, and he just said, don't really know much about him, but I just know he's fast. And that certainly seems to be the case, Jerry. Yeah, again, I worked with a lad who's a Burnley fan and asked him the question. Um, same as you, he said that he'd only ever seen him play a couple of times. He was rapid and, he, you know, he'll chase everything down, but that was about it. And to be fair, he, he did that yesterday. He chased absolutely everything. I know he was only on a short spell, but I think the first thing he did was pick the ball up, turn and run at two or three defenders and get brought down and, and got them a booking. Um but I put in my ratings yesterday that he looks like what we all want Max Clayton to be. Mm, he, look, um, he looks like him as well. He's got a similar hair. Yeah, and, and, and I think that's probably Park he's brought him in. Clayton's had a bit of a go, and I know he, he got his goal, he took it very well at Coventry. Mm-hmm. But when, he's, when he has been given a good 20 minutes, half an hour in games recently, Clayton, he's just been completely anonymous. Whereas Long's yesterday and absolutely smashed it. Mm-hmm. Um, not No pun intended with the goal, but every time he got the ball, the defenders look scared of him because he's got pace. Mm-hmm. And that, especially at this level, makes such a massive difference because I think, I think he actually cost them two bookings um, and obviously got his goal and had a goal disallowed as well. Um, so I, I think he could be really important for us going forward uh, till, uh, till May. Yeah, 100%. Especially considering that we haven't had any real, genuine, proper pace up front. That can actually result in a you know in a goal or an assist or a booking or something worthwhile for a while. Yeah. Now I can't remember. It's just I think the big thing is scaring defenders because I think people certainly in this division they play against Bolton Wanderers and they expect to play against good players because mm-hmm. you know we have dropped down and we have got a bit of a recent history behind us. They, they expect good players. But the best football we played this year was November when we had Amio will be flying down one side, Clough on the other. Um, Vela in the middle and, and teams were scared of us and then we've lost that since Christmas yeah. because we've lost that pace we've not stretched teams mm-hmm. um, and I think certainly with Lafondra and Medine playing through the middle yeah. and then you've got Mace bombing down one side Taylor bomb there's a threat coming from everywhere again mm. based on obviously it's only one game but based on what they did yesterday every, every time we had the ball around their area there was movement and I think that's what we missed it's, yeah, no, we've, we've been in a bad run of form recently, and maybe that was just, you know, Parker needed time to bring more players into the place, the likes of Amiobi, and obviously now Clough. He needed players, you know, he needs to find a new system again after the one that worked so well had to be, you know, was ripped away from him. But Chris, what do you think of Long's goal and his brief performance? Do you yeah. think we'll be seeing more of him as the weeks roll back? I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. It was very much... Um, do you remember that Sadianko goal against mm, Fulham, yeah, I think yeah. it was, or QPR? You know, just sort of like that thunderbolt from the edge of the, bo- edge of the box. But um, I think the difference is now we've got options, haven't we? When yeah. we lost Amiobi and when, when Clough left, we are all worried about the choices because the, the options were, well, let's bring Clayton on. Well, Clayton still looks like he's, he's well off being anywhere near fit enough to even play more than half an hour. And we had Proctor, who, you know, with the best will in the world, he's, he wasn't up to it. Chris Taylor, we all wrote him off after what after <laughs> two games, and then we, we you know we did for his career. Um, no, we have so we, we did. We did. And now we got now. Well, exactly. Be careful what you wish for. To be fair, he's got um, more than Proctor in the league one so far. Well, who who hasn't? Um, but now we've got options, and we've got we've got pace either side of whichever formation we play. However, we want to do it, we've got the option to change things up up front and change things quite significantly because you got Clayton who. Maybe a bit slower, but a bit more technical. And then you've got Long and that Solomon lad who just looked like the energy, pace and youthful exuberance that with 20 minutes to go chasing a game or even when, you, when you're you know, defending the lead, you can stretch the game by taking off someone like Lafondra who you know, is getting old, he's not, not got, quite got the legs anymore. But these two kids can come in, three kids, sorry, potentially, stretch the game, give us something on the counter-attack. Remember, we're in the, the back end of Feeney's time. Feeney's best, best attribute for us was when he was on the counter-attack in the, in the dying elements of games, he could put teams on the back foot, you know, leave him up front from a corner, boot the ball up, and he'll chase it into the opposition corner. So there's a lot to be said for that. 
But yeah, I like Long. I think he's got good uh, good potential. Um, one Burnley fan, we've all consulted Burnley fans, I think, on this one. <laughs> the, one the one that I consulted said that uh, he'd come in from Everton yeah, with quite a bit of fanfare and hadn't really done much. Um, mm-hmm. And I've no idea how old he is. He looked, I would guess, near like early, like 21, 22, maybe something like that. But it just seems like he's got he's got youth on his side. He's got something to prove as well because it all went pear shaped at Fleetwood for yeah. one reason or or another. But I think I think they both look good. Um, talking about Solomon and talking about about Long too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, more options means more choice means more um, flexibility for the manager who who had started to look a little bit predictable and a bit rigid. Yeah. Um, so I think it's going into a really important part of the season that we need to start picking up points that. We've got choices now at long last. We're not just going to bring on Proctor hey. to run around, run around a little bit with, with ten minutes to go. Um, yeah, so he, he can shape it, he can shift it up, and he can move things around a bit, and we can hopefully get some more more W's on the on the chart because yeah, the importance of winning and winning comfortably and with a number of goals on the sheet as well going into what we've got in the next sort of six weeks or so. Yeah. Um, I don't think that importance can be understated at all, Dan. 100%. Um, speaking of strikers and new signings, Lafondra, obviously he returned. We'll talk more about the sign itself uh, soon. But how, how was he on his return at the Macron? Um, obviously he didn't score. I believe he came close in one. Uh, he was he was involved in the own goal. He was like the one pressuring the defender that put it in. I suppose he he walked away candidly, not quite celebrating it. But if you didn't really see the goal, you wouldn't be uh, uh, you wouldn't be uh, wrong. You know, you wouldn't be wrong for thinking that he had put it in. So how did he do on his return, Chris? Yeah, well, he, he summed it. He, it was a joyous, joyous mood beforehand. Everyone was buoyant to see him back. 100%. And he had a shot after about 20 seconds, which you know wasn't really troubling the keeper, but gave everybody a bit of a lift. Um, and that's something that you know Medina hasn't got and Clough didn't really have either. You know that that instinct where they would maybe overplay it a little bit for fear of missing or for fear of not having overplayed it at all in Clough's case. But Lafondre, no, he just got a shot away. He didn't go in, but hey, you know, it's worth a try. Um, again, a point for the fact that I don't think we really played to his strength, but that, that's to be expected when it's a new manager, new players and a new system. Um, he looked leggy after after an hour or so, and he maybe snatched at a chance in the second half with his left foot that otherwise he might have done a bit better at. But no, it was a good uh, a good second home debut for him, and uh, I think I should hope that by between now and the end of the season he might get us, you know, between... Half a dozen, ten goals, perhaps something like that, if we're lucky, and, and that'd be absolutely invaluable. I'm very happy as well, and we'll talk more later. But he'll get at least ten goals, I think. Now he'll rinse this division if, like I said, if we kind of play him to his strengths a little bit more. But Jimmy, how do you think he did on his return? Um, again, to echo Chris, I thought it gave the fans something to look forward to, which I think since, again since November we've not really had much to look forward oh, to. Absolutely, yeah. we've not played great, but. I think it was the first minute he got the ball on the edge of the box and his first thing was to just a quick turn and a shot on target. Um, and straight away he thought, oh right, we've actually got a striker now. Mm-hmm. Because he was a good 20 yards out and he, he didn't even look for a pass. He just, as soon as he got the ball, he wanted to shoot. And I think that we've not had enough of that. We, for me, we don't seem to shoot a lot. We no, absolutely. To, That's what I mean about the overplaying, you know. It's, it's, it's either one thing or the other, isn't it? Yeah, um, where he did that, and again, second half, just not long before he got subbed off. Um, I think that's the kind of chance he had. Where if that happens in two games' time, that goes in the back of the net. Mm. I think that was just tired legs and lack of match fitness, and he got into the position, but he just didn't quite react quick enough. Um, but again, I think I think you're right. I think he'll probably score nine or ten goals between now and May. But I think the big thing is because having that option up front, again, he's get evil scare defenders and that's going to create space for Medine, it's going to create space for Vela and he'll create as many goals as he scores because, because of the threat he carries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, another striker that's, you know, sparked quite a lot of debate on Twitter. Yeah, we, we've got to that point, gentlemen. Yes. Sparked quite <laughs> a lot of debate over the last few weeks and months and years on Twitter. Gary Medine, some think he's shit correctly, some think he's all right, Possibly correctly, also. Chris, Jimmy, you both stand on opposite sides of this coin, yeah. the Gary Medin coin. Just <clears> fucking, <throat> you know, scrap it out. Let's have a do. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> it feels a bit. It feels. Oh, go on. Sorry, Jimmy. You go first. Guess. Oh, go on, always. You carry on, my bloody go. 
<laughs> Go on, it feels a bit mean. It feels a bit like we're nitpicking, and it's a bit mean when we've won and he scored, and we scored four, and we, and we were comfortable throughout. Not, not so I'm not going to. No, exactly. So I'm not. I'm not going to go mad. My my arguments are well, are well, well, are well noted. You know, I find the the goal return, you know, unacceptable. I find sometimes the work rate unacceptable. I find the the postulating unacceptable. But hey, you know. <laughs> I really do find it difficult to defend myself. So let's let's come back next week when he's not scored again and he's, been, <laughs> he's, been, he's pissed me off again. All I'll say is that if he can improve his goal record by actually playing as a striker rather than doing his best to, you know, to support be a support striker, I guess, then that will be to his benefit and the whole team's benefit. I don't know if that's in his game because he had a one-on-one done with about half an hour to go, and and to put it quite plainly, he didn't have the first clue what to do. He, was, he, he, he just he had a he had a pot shot from the edge of the box that the keeper saved, you know, without too much ha- too much hassle. Um, it was so, a <laughs> It's just not his game, is it? Being a centre forward, I, I don't I don't mean to be harsh, but you know he does well what he does well, um, and I'm sure Jimmy will now be here for the next forty five minutes to tell us exactly what that is. Yeah, well, Jimmy might not be back next week. So this is your time to shine. You've, got, a, you've got him scoring to help you. I'm only coming on, so so I'll see you in about April. Um, no, yeah. I, think, I think to be fair, Garrett, he's a bit of a victim of circumstance. I think we have, as Bolton fans, been spoiled over the years. We've had an Elka, we've had, we've had cracking forwards, and I think the signing of Gary Medine kind of brings it home that we're, we're shit and we're skint. Um, so he is a League One level striker. Um, and I think, to be fair, he's played most of this year on his own, and when he has actually been able to have the ball at his feet, he's either been that shocked he's got the ball at his feet, or he's been that knackered from everything else that he's, he hasn't known what to do with it, or he's cocktail. Um, but yesterday, with a striking partner, he found himself one-on-one for challenges rather than one-on-two, and I thought that made a big difference. He seemed a lot livelier yesterday. He did chase out wide for balls more because he knew there was someone in the middle. And again, I think a lot of that does come from the gaffer. I think when he's on his own, he's told to play within the posts and stay up front in the middle and don't don't move a lot because they need the focal point. Whereas yesterday, he could chase stuff. He could harry defenders and chase back into the centre circle because Alfie was up there. Um, and I thought yesterday was the best game he's had for, for quite a while. Again, I'm, I'm sure Chris is now thinking, well, that doesn't say a lot, but... Um, well, no, I, thought, I think I think to play on your own up front you've got to be a certain kind of striker and I don't think Medine is that kind of striker I think he, he does suit as you said Dan the big man little man thing um, and more than anything just the fact that he's only, he was only being marked by one man yesterday whereas sometimes this year he's been going up redders with three defenders um, so I think I think he deserves a run of games with a strike partner don't get me wrong, if, if he plays up front with Alf and he flops, then you know, we've got Long to come in, we've got other players who can come in now, but I think he deserves a run of games with Alfie. Um, and he was superb yesterday and the two of them worked and I'm sure that Alfie will suit playing with someone like Gary Medina who can win the flick-ons for him, who can distract defenders and be a bit of a battering ram for him to pick the pieces up. Um, but he was superb yesterday. Just, just before the own goal, it was his head had cleared off the line as well, which was unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, we've, we we beggars can't choose us, and you know, we, as I said, we only have Conor Wilkson as a reserve striker at the minute in time. So he's doing a job, and I guess we'll have to just persevere with him for now, I suppose. But I work with give him a four-year contract. No chance. Gary Medine, the one to bring us down. Imagine. <laughs> So this was the first win in six. It was the first win since we beat Gunthorpe in the last minute. Since then, we've had some horrible results. We've lost to Charlton. Uh, we drew with MK Dons away. We uh, lost, of course, we lost in Palace. To, uh, we lost to Palace in the Cup in uh, quite sad, you know, annoying circumstances after being ahead. Drew only managed to draw with Coventry. Lost to Swindon, which was a really bad result. And as I said, it's our first win in six four, first win in four in the league, so it's not quite as bad as it seems, but we're quite a way away from Sheffield United in first position. They seem to have finally grown up and are seemingly going to be promoted from this league for 
you know, quite late for the team they should have had. They should have been up years ago. We're not too far behind Scunthorpe, only two points. They seem to, their form seems to have been rocking a little bit after losing to Shrewsbury on Saturday. So do we still have enough to get up? With all the new signings, with whatever's going on behind the scenes at Bolton, all the, you know, all the uncertainties and whatnot. Chris, will do we still have enough to get up? I think we're still. I think it's pretty clear we're going to get playoffs now, regardless, unless something disastrous happens. But will we get automatics? <laughs> And if not, do we have the nerve? Do we have the balls? Do we have the steel to go up via the playoffs? Oh yeah, I'm I'm still confident that we've got time, we've got enough um, wherewithal about us, and I think importantly we've reinforced in the right areas. We've freshened up the part of the pitch where we struggled the most. I mean, in the defence, we've been you know we've been fine all season. You know, we've not been world class by any stretch of imagination, but we've been solid and we, we've we've kept a lot of clean sheets and we've, we've kept the opposition goals down to a minimum but it's the attacking part of the game that's let us down all season even when Amiobi was there even when Clough was there we just didn't score enough goals so you know we've now re- regrouped and we've re- uh, re- reinforced our attacking sense after the transfer window and we, we scored four at weekend and, and yeah you know there might be a couple of bits and pieces about the performance that we maybe we might have done differently you know it would have benefit of hindsight but we won, we won comfortably and we, we scored four goals, so it bodes well, I think, for the next few games. And, and I know they're going to be tough with Bradford and Sheffield United especially, but there's nothing to nothing to fear. Sheffield United got thumped against, was it Walsall a few weeks yeah, ago? Yeah, they got they got Walsall, yeah. yeah, and, and you know, I'm not saying... Obviously. Well, exactly, so so weird things can happen in this league, so who's to say that because Sheffield United are so many points in, in front, if we'd have won our game in, games in hand, we I think we only would have been four or five points behind them and, and that's eminently capital in this league when... hand against Scunthorpe if I'm not mistaken from that yeah, yeah. two, two on Sheffield yeah. United one on Scunthorpe mm-hmm. is one of those yep. games in hands the one tomorrow on Tuesday no I, I have no idea league thing. that's a Ooh, weekend I think a normal day that yeah well, yeah. there's plenty of time left. There's plenty of time left, Dan, and there's plenty of points left. And we've got the important games to come well, as well. We, we've got these teams. recently as well, wasn't it? I can't recall. Yeah, Southend. Southend, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so we definitely so, have some ground to make up. I totally agree with you. So, yeah, to answer your question, I, I do think we've got it in, our, in us. And I, and I think we will. I think, I think first or second, take your pick. I don't think the league's tied up. I think Sheffield are obviously in really good form. But... You know, as we've shown ourselves, sometimes form in this league is is temporary, and, and even command of the division's been cyclical. So I used to say it's not going to be our turn again. A, a stringer stringer run of four or five games, you know, one on the spin, and a call it, you know, a ten or a dozen games undefeated, and and that would be well clear. So yeah, I think I think the, the blip's over with, and I fancy us to go on from strength to strength. It'd be a tough game on Tuesday against Rochdale, but either way, um, I still think we'll come out on top, and, and the same for the end of the season. However. I would not be against us collapsing towards the end of the season and not getting in the playoffs because <laughs> I'm quite enjoying us being a big fish in a small pond and I don't want another season like last season and I think if we were to get promoted without mega, mega reinforcements then I think we'd be knackered. But that's a debate for another day. Uh, I'm just looking at our end of year fixtures now actually and because of the delayed game against Southend we play literally Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Sunday. So it's going to be a busy April. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games in April. And some of them is like Bury at home, Scunthorpe away, Southend away. Some big games there which may well, you know, define our season. But what do you think, Jimmy? Do you think we're above this split? Do you agree with Chris? Yeah, I, th- I think I think the transfer window has come at a really good time for us. Um, I think our biggest problem was beating Scunthorpe. I think I know there was comments made after the Northampton away game by uh, Zach Clough to a couple of fans that oh, we've, we've cracked this league. It's easy. Was he was he said to a couple of fans apparently because um, we were so good in November and then obviously I mean the celebrations after beating Scunthorpe was as if we'd won the league and I think that can get to players' heads in the wrong way sometimes. And I think there was a bit of arrogance in a couple of the performances following Scunthorpe. Um, uh, and I think losing a few players and getting a few new ends has been a good thing just to all of a sudden now people are having to compete for a shirt again. Um, and again, they're now aware the league isn't easy. So I think losing a couple, getting a few in, like it did at the last transfer window, just give a kick up the arse. And I think 
the next two away games are massive. Obviously, Sheffield United and Bradford. If you were to offer me two points from that now, I'd take it because then they're not, you know, they're not gaining ground. It, it puts it all on their toes and keeps the pressure on them. I'd rather be chasing now than leading. Mm-hmm. Sheffield United have bottled it every year for the last five. They've been down here. Um, and I know they've got Don Rang Lightwild, I think he's a good manager. They've got the best striker in the division. But the pressure's on and we win our games and it's it's a few points. Um, and let them let them chase it because like Chris said, they went to Walsall and got beat four one the other week. So they've got a blip in, they've got a rick in them, um, and they are that kind of team that they do go two up top. They play with wingers. They're going to lose games, um, so I'm, I'm confident we'll finish top two. Um, I'd like to think that. I'm, yeah, I'm, I think don't get me wrong. In, in June, I'd have bit your hand off for the top six. Um, but I just think there's something about this lot, especially after seeing him yesterday, after having a kick up the arse and. All the stuff going on off the pitch. I think Park is the type of manager who'll use that. Whereas I think Lennon folded under it. I think Park is the type who'll, who'll really use that and create an us and them. Um, okay. And I think, like I say, you look at it four without a win in the league. But since the transfer window, we've got four points from two games, yeah. um, and that's that's the way I prefer to see it. And I think Tuesday's massive. I think if we can get a, get a win on Tuesday, I'll be very happy with a point at Bradford. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think then that's when you start in a run then because now we're two unbeaten. Yeah. If that comes four unbeaten, 100%. again, we're breathing down Sheffield United's necks. They're known bottle jobs. I'd rather be in our position, provided we win the games and hand, obviously. We cut them up, it's irrelevant. But mm-hmm. I think all things being equal, if, if we, I'd rather be breathing down their necks than having teams breathing down ours because... We couldn't act it in November, December when we were chasing, yeah. when we were away. So, no, I'm, I'm, I'm quite, quite confident. Man. As everyone always says, it's more about the chase than the victory. We have got a quite a big, you know, week, two weeks coming up. We, I say we play Rochdale at home on Tuesday, which is pretty much a must-win, I'd imagine. And Bradford away on the coming Saturday, and then the Saturday afterwards, Sheffield United away, which the first time I'll be able to watch Bolton in quite some time. So, lads, Tuesday, Rochdale, Chris, do we make any changes? From, I know it's a very much a big winning team on Saturday, but, you know, fatigue to certain players, injury concerns, do we make changes? And if not, you know, what's, what's the score going to be? Yeah, it would be really tempting to keep things the same purely to, to ensure consistency, but as I've already said, I think Vela starting to look a little bit on the tired side. So given the role that Parkinson's played him in the last uh, two or three games, I think if you could you could swap him out for Thorpe, I don't think that would be the worst thing in the world. Um, I think he's rotating his lone players. Obviously, he's got two now. We've got too many to fit in the match day squad. So I wouldn't be surprised to see um, Henry come in, perhaps for uh, Solomon. Just I mean, in a, in a way to get a bit more experience in, in, a, in an important must-win game. Although I don't think he'll start Henry. I think maybe Thorpe for Vela could be an option. Although realistically, he likes Vela, doesn't he? So I think that's probably not going to happen. So I, I think I'm going to err on the side of caution and say no. We'll keep a, keep a winning team the same, um, and then we'll do the same for Bradford at weekend. Although the opportunity then to perhaps go back to his tried and trusted one up top in, uh, and support players either side could be tempting for Parkinson. Score for, for, for Tuesday night, round. Rochdale are a good team, although they did, I think they had a nil-nil at weekend, so they're perhaps not coming in on the, on the greatest form. Keeper will be up for it. He's, he's been after this Bolton job for donkey's years, um, so we want to impress. Uh, I'm going to go for a, a very tight 2-1 for Bolton. They'll probably score first, as has been our recent habit to, to start fairly slowly. But ultimately, yeah, we'll come back. I'll feel get to send us home happy on Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think, Jimmy? Yeah, same. Again, I wrote it yesterday after the game. I think I'd be giving Bella the night off. Um Again, I'd like to think it's his legs that he just needs to breathe rather than he's losing form, but I'd rather have him 100% for Saturday. Um, and I'd like to see Henry come into that midfield three as the attacking of the three. Um, I think Spearing and Trotter are quite happy to sit deep, um, and that'll let Henry, I know he's not the most defensive player, but um, I'd bring him into that midfield um and leave again. I'd probably leave Solomon out altogether because Thorpe can play a few positions. And if anything happens to one of the back three, he's the most likely to go in there as well. I think so. 
Um, certainly Vela be out, but I'd, I'd want to keep Alfie and Medina up front to get that partnership working. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to be fair, I mean, my gut feeling is Park will revert to 4 5 1 for Brad because he will be desperate not to lose that. But then I think he's just as likely to think if this system works and we get another win. I think he'd be an idiot to, ch- to to risk changing it. And as well, Brad- Bradford will have been preparing for us to come with 4-5-1. Just like, I mean, yesterday, Walsall clearly set up for that usual system and it, and it took him by surprise. So I think he's good to have the option, but it, for me, if it's working, it's working. Um, so I'd keep the same system until we have to change it rather than choosing to. But yeah, the only thing I'd look to change really would be Vela, and that's just for his legs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rather than... Yeah, I agree with that. I specifically, especially agree with Medina and Lafondre. I think the more they can get to play together, the more that partnership's, you know, hopefully going to blossom into something wonderful. Obviously, we had deadline day. I don't, I can't quite remember when the podcast went up. I feel like it went up before old Zachary's departure was confirmed. So we'll have a... No, it was, I think it was the Wednesday night. Yeah, it was the, it was the day after deadline day, so I know it was a full... Uh, Full and frank debate on all matters in and out at Wonders. Well, none of us were on said podcast, so we're going to talk about it again anyway. On <laughs> deadline day, or near deadline day at least, we brought in Viv Solomon October. That's as close as I'm getting. Adam LaFondra, Chris Long, Felipe Moraes all came into the club, but Zach Clough left. Ah, all very sad. I'm. Very, very sad to see yet another of our youngsters go, yet another youngster gone for a pittance of what we should be getting for him. To think that Bolton sold Rob Holding and Zach Clough for less than Wigan got for Yannick Wiltshut combined is rather heartbreaking, but what are we going to do? Chris, what's your, th- what's your take in on? We'll talk about Clough and then if you think the four we brought in is enough to make sure. up for Clough leaving. Well, I spoke a bit about the four already, so I'm quite content with the signings of that. I would have liked to write back, um, but from all accounts, I believe that situation might be close to a conclusion anyway, with the imminent arrival of another. Um, regarding the, the fees for Clough and Holden, it's one thing, you know, claiming that we that we sold them for less than Yannick Roadshot, but ultimately with Clough, we can only sell him to people who want him, and, and if nobody else came in... Someone compared him on on Twitter to that look when it went to Charlton. It uh, went to Everton, sorry, from Charlton. But you know, Forest down Everton. They're not going to pay ten million quid. It, we've got to make a snap decision, and and Clough obviously had to make a decision too. Whether we hold out of what we think he might be worth, which if you believe the chairman was you know four times as much as what we sold him for, or we pay the bills, and we you know we bring in some loans to reinforce and hopefully get promotion and and have a chance of stability. So whilst it was a, it's sad to see him go. Sad to see him go to the to a championship to a club who's not at the top end. And weirdly enough, a club, just as fucked as us. And, and a club, yeah, and a club that's not even got a manager. Um, so that's that's weird. But you know, everyone wishes him well. He, he deserves a move to a, a a better, bigger club. Maybe that will come from him in the future. I don't know. Um, but that money is going to be crucial. That two point five, two point eight, whatever, whatever it ends up being. Plus add-ons, um, yeah, which is a, which is an insult, um, which is going to come and fund the next three or four months of our operations, which hopefully will be the time frame in which we go forward. Which in itself is a is a sad state oh, of affairs. It's so depressing, man. Um, but modern football, it, it's it's shit. Modern oh. football support Bolton is shit. It's not about football. You know, twenty football oh. is football is ten percent of what supporting Bolton is at the minute and it's rubbish when he um, joined the club and he was 7 so what's that what, yeah. 14-15 years of development nurturing training growing and that's what worth 3 months worth of keeping the lights on man football yeah. is well, fucked he's not going for 5 years so there's <laughs> that's right yeah, saved on that but no you've got to pay the caterers Dan we can't have the people in the hotel going without the toast but no, I, I'll miss him, and then, and I look forward to seeing him back again next season, one way or the other. Mm, I think that really uh, the, the, the players that we brought in, obviously, like I said, already have reinforced positions in which we required it, and and, and a nice shiny new fullback would have been spiffing. Um, although, yeah, that situation should be resolved quite soon. Yeah. Uh, I think it, it stands in good stead going forward because it does provide us with choice and, and, and exciting choices as well. Because Lafondra and Long have got. 
in, in their own way things that we were missing beforehand with his striking ability, Long's pace on, on the break. Um, Otterboro, Solomon Otterboro, I don't really know a lot about him to be honest with you, but he seems quick and he seems keen. Um, and same with, with Morace again. It looks like someone that Parkinson knows, obviously trusts him. Um, similarly with him trying to go back for Stephen Darby as well from Bradford in that he wants he knows who he can trust and he knows what job they can do for him and for Bolton. So I trust Parkinson. I think on, on in general his signings have been positive. Yeah. Um and if Clough had to be sacrificed yeah. then you know it's haven't really got much much choice. I reckon if you took the holding chat that we'd made six months ago, it'd sound exactly the same. Sacrifice, yeah. get him in, it's gotta be done, so sad. At the end of the day, it might have to be done, but it doesn't mean any of us have to feel less sad about it. Because it's very sad. And football's about, you know, heroes and liking people, and it's sad to see him go. Yeah. I think for me, it was nice that he scored on his last game, even if we did lose it to ten men. It's nice that he scored, and he goes with all. I imagine he goes with all our blessings, and hope he does go on to be a really cool. footballer we all think he can be. Hope he does shake some of the. Doubts people have of him, and he goes. I know he was our top goal scorer, top you know top assister, if you want to use that word this season, and he'll certainly be missed. And I hope he goes on to have a wonderful career. I think well, he's going to fit right in with Forest though, so he's going to get really going to be used to, used to stuff there since they are also fucked up and lost four one at the weekend. So no, no uh, custom needed there. But Jimmy, what do you think of the whole you know signings in Clough gun scenario? Um. I think I think Forrest only bought him because he's called Clough. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. Just mm. as a bit of a... I'll keep the fans quiet. I couldn't get Nigel or sign Zach. Um, but I'm going to be a bit controversial. I don't think we'll miss him on the pitch. Okay. Um, I think the only the best Parkinson could get out of him, certainly in this division, was putting him out wide because when he played through the middle, he just got battered. Yeah. Um, and I know Alf isn't exactly... Um, the Rock, but he's he put himself he puts himself about for a he's quite a squat fellow, but he's quite strong. Yeah, um, and yesterday, he, you know, he was bouncing into defenders, and even if he didn't win it, he was he was happy to bounce off them and get back up and go again. Whereas I don't think Clough's like that, and he ended up going back to the Dougie Friedman position of playing out wide left and cutting in. And yeah, don't you know he scored goals and he, he, he was good with free kicks and he got assists, but I think that will be covered from elsewhere on the pitch. Because we'll have more options, um, I think the system we played with Clough was the only system he could play in. Playing that wide, left. I don't think he can play through the middle in this league. Um, so it was either that or nothing. Clough wouldn't fit into a three-five-two like we played yesterday. Um, I don't even think he could play as one of the two in this division. Um, so I don't think he's a massive loss. I think in the championship he would have been, because I think he's the kind of player that the higher the standard, the better he'll do. Because you'll get more protection and you'll get more time on the ball and what have you. Um, obviously, the fees are disappointment, but the cold facts are you can't have a bidding war with only one bidder. Um, we really needed him. Had he scored an extra six or seven goals, um, and we could have got a Bournemouth interested or a Swansea. You know, that straight away, then you're talking seven, six, seven million, just because it's Premier League, which is where. Charlton looked out with Luckman and also the fact Charlton aren't skint. Um, you know, I know they're in some kind of turmoil off the pitch, but money's not a problem for them. Um, so straight away, you know, people know we're skint, so it's quite easy to come in with anywhere between two and a half and three as a deposit and paying it up front and you're going to get your man because we're skint. Um, we, we needed a bidding more and we didn't get one, which is a shame, but I don't think he's that much a massive loss on the pitch. Um, but again, it, it's the one of our own thing, isn't it? You don't like to see your 100%. walk away. Um, but ultimately, it stings. Yeah, it does. Um, but ultimately, if, if that keeps us going until the end of April and you know mm. we get promoted and there's that extra five million a year, then ultimately it's going to be worth it. Especially, I mean, Chris Long's come in and done really well yesterday. Um, I'm sure Lafondra's going to score goals and perhaps the team as a whole might be a bit better balanced now because there's more options to change it. Mm-hmm. Well, we can only hope. And it wouldn't be a Line of Year Street podcast if we didn't have to talk about stuff that didn't have to do with football. Because, <laughs> lads, there has been quite the shitstorm with Bolton Wanderers this week. And I, 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 it's got to the point, we spoke like, a few weeks ago, months ago maybe, Chris, about how I'm not really into the footy at the minute. It's just 
driving me away slowly, slowly. And the current state of that ownership is one of those things how Mr. Anderson and Mr. Holdsworth are having a war at words over statements from their respected online uh, presences, I suppose. You know, Sports Shield and the Bolton Wanderers website, each doing the bidding of uh, them of their, you know, whatever they want to say. I've fucking screwed up there, but. It's quite a weird scenario to be in. It's like we've had a civil war within our own club, Chris. I don't really know the situation, so I don't want to say anything libelous. But it's quite depressing to see, and it's even you know something else that's just pushing me personally, just pushing me further and further away from the club at the current moment in time, despite us doing relatively well on the actual pitch. Yeah, it's you know it's the sort of two bald men fighting over a comb scenario in that we all know what needs to happen. They're not prepared to give an inch either either party, which is fair enough. You know they've they made their deal for right or wrong. Uh, whenever Dean, Dino's original funding fell through, he had to go ahead with what he had to go ahead with, and that was Ken. And it sort of all turned out that it all fell sour pretty quickly on. Um, you know, which is business. That that's the way it works. And so I don't really sit on either side of the party to be honest. I can see why both sides have taken the stance they have. Um, I just don't like reading about it. It's not it's not why I started watching football. I don't like it. I don't like the fact that, you know, balance sheets and accounts and all this sort of thing become the prevailing topic of conversation when we're in the midst of a, of a difficult, uh, an entertaining and an exciting season. And yet, all, all we can talk about is whether we've got, you know, Blue Marvel and, and high finance 30% loans and whether it's, it's on the hotel or whether it's on the assets. I just don't care, to be honest with you. It's, it, I agree, I can see why it would turn off someone who's already maybe feeling a little bit uh, disenfranchised already, Dan, because what are all these statements doing apart from just running the name of the club through the mud even further for, for the sake of yeah, for the sake of what for the sake of one or two two people and their ego, their their lack of willingness to back down and and the inability to do a deal and to and to do the best thing for the club. I think it it shows in in stark uh, contrast just how disassociated fans are from football clubs because. These days, it is a it is a, a plaything. I mean, if there's one person, I know our aunt Ken Anderson's got a lot of a lot of fans on the internet, and so does his lad. Who, who you know, they're not shy in retweeting any sort of praise they get, etc. Um, but if anyone turns around and thinks that Anderson wouldn't necessarily do something not for the benefit of the club, but for the benefit of Ken Anderson, then they're living in the dream world. And I'm sure if I was in his shoes, I would do exactly the same. Look after number one. It just feels like when the club becomes a plaything of of a, a a benefactor, and not exactly a you know a, a Russian billionaire benefactor even, just some fellow who's looking. The, the analogy is that you know you, you you might buy a cheap house, you might do it up a little bit and, and flip it on for a bit of profit before moving on to the next thing, and that's exactly what he's doing with us. You know he's going to do the best by us because that then does the best by him in turn, and whether they're here in a year, two years, whatever is, is doubtful. And whether the move was in a better position is doubtful as well. I just don't like reading about it. It's tedious. I, I, I spoke to Mark Hiles about it on the topic a while ago. Uh, talking about financial analysis was a once a year thing when the accounts came out. And then it was a bit of a laugh and a joke. Oh, you know, we owe 30 million quid flipping it. That's, that's not so good, is it? Right, who are we playing next? Oh, it's Manchester United. Fantastic. In the Premier. But now we don't have that luxury. We, you know, we can't sweep it under the carpet. And we've all become experts in things that we don't want to be experts in, Dan, and, and it drives me mad. It's just a prevailing topic of conversation when the, the prevailing topic should be the fact that we're pushing for promotion and it's been a really exciting season so far. Awesome. I just, it, gets, it gets on my wick. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Jimmy? you agree? Same as. I mean, when it came in, I mean, I know yourself and Liam at Trottersburg, we got quite a bit of grief for being very pro um, Ken Anderson, but I said then and I'll say it now I'll always say it as I see it and at that time I was grateful I still had a club to support um, and for me if someone does something I think he's good then I'll, I'll praise him for it but at the minute I'm just completely fed up with it all um, I want to support a football team especially one that's third in the league with games in hand this should be a positive time for Bolton Wanderers and it just isn't because we've got two we've got two people acting like kids who I've got my little girl's three years old, and she behaves better with a eighteen-month-old cousin than used to a baby. Um, because I'll have it, you know, Ken owns sixty percent of a business. He doesn't want to be funding it a hundred percent. Christ, who would? Do you know what I mean? At the minute, Dino's got forty percent, and he's got nothing 
left to put in and what he has put in he's going to be in effect a wonga.com loan um, if I was Ken Anderson I wouldn't be putting any money in um, because he's, he's paying 100% for something he only owns half of well it's silly it, it, it's not going to work out um, so one of them needs to bite the bullet and walk away or they both need to but it, it needs to happen quickly because we, it just can't carry on and it, it, it's, sure. it's not fair um, I don't know if, if this was another club a couple of my best mates support Leeds and I, I've laughed my head off at what's going on over there with Chilino and all the drama off the pitch and mm-hmm. planes flying over the ground and projectors on the wall saying you know time to go Massimo and all this it's not funny when it happens to you it's really not it's really shite. Yeah, we all um, left at Blackburn, and it's exactly. bad to think yeah. that they're more stable than we are. You know, well, shit that happened there. But it, it, it's true, and you've got you think sooner or later a club is going to go to the wall. And this time last year, I thought it was going to be us. Yeah. I don't think it will go that way because I think with what we've got, there's always going to be someone who'll buy us and bail us out. And I think we'll just be treading water forever. To be fair, mm-hmm. someone with real money comes in. Um, but I just, I just wish they'd grow up. Um, I know there's, it's easy to say that when it's not my money. Um, but from what I can tell, they both put... Oh, Ken certainly didn't put as much in up front. He's kind of paying the bills as we go. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that with their connections, they can find money on the table to, to walk away with a nice little payday and sail off into the sunset. And I think they need to for the good of the club. We can only hope, but for me, that's that's just enough depressing talk about the fucking back end of this club. I, I, yeah, let's talk about Gary Medine again. I thought you were trying to cheer us up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've had what? It's been fucking a year and what, year and three months of this shit now, since November 2015, maybe before then. It started in October, I can't remember. All I know is it was November, to, so, yeah, November 2015 when we first revealed that Dino was coming in to you know buy the club, so to think that this shit's been running for so long, like give us a fucking break already. But Chris, to wrap up the show, you did a question on the Twitters. What was it, and what were the answers? God damn it! I certainly did. Yeah, it was uh, it was a simple question. Um, after I'd finished trolling FC Bayern Munich English account, um, <laughs> if you could sign any League One player, who would it be? And we had a range of answers some predictable some not quite so predictable i'm going to go through them quickly and then dan and jimmy i'll ask you for yours and i'll give you mine so to start off with the first person who responded was gabe bwfc on twitter with billy sharp so billy sharp is an obvious one that was echoed by ross and we then got oz tumor of walsall topical we've got Hmm. josh morris josh cullen Uh, i said to my uh, i said uh, james vaughan or the lad who scored against us for Swindon, that um, going along from QPR, I thought he was excellent. Um, Eddie Skelly said David Ball from Fleetwood, another attacker. Uh, we've got Ross again with uh, Dawson, the, the Scunthorpe captain. Another vote for Billy Sharp from Joe BWFC. Uh, MK Don's right back, Baldock. I don't remember him too much, but there you go. Um, Chuck Saniki, who's got a fantastic name. Apparently, he's a tall mm. midfielder with goals and assists aplenty. Well, assists don't matter, so that's. Uh, that's irrelevant, that one. We've got Bradley Dack or David Ball, so two votes for David Ball. That one's from Rhett Morris. We've next scroll up the list, and we come to another vote for Josh Morris from Matty O'Brien. Another vote for Billy Sharp from Will Jones. Marcus Madison, Declan Maher. I don't know who Marcus Madison is. I don't know that name. Peter Burr. Um, Peter Burr. Manager, apparently. Oh, is he? Oh, fair dues. Um, Joe Tazen, vote for Sid Nelson from Millwall. Maybe <laughs> <I'm> quite <laughs> <laughs> Right, right. Joe Taysom is my flatmate, and he did that taking the piss because I think Sid Nelson is someone off his football manager, either a regent or some fucking 16 Really? Body. He might be oh, real, but I couldn't tell you either way to be honest with you, but he's been a cheeky cunt there. He's going to get the wrath of Dan when I go back into the kitchen. <laughs> no, 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 don't, don't, don't be mean to me. He's, 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 he's on the podcast, it's probably what he wanted all along. Mm. Um, Mike Foxcroft hasn't really understood what we were getting at. He's going for Tammy Abraham, um, who <laughs> plays for Bristol City of the Championship. Although, you know. Somebody that, yep, yeah, somebody that Bolton tried to buy in the first place. Uh, Neil Turner's gone for Billy Sharp. Uh, Declan Maher has been in touch again. Mel Tooth. I don't quite know. Uh, fucking, I have no idea on that one. He just said, 
I said I'm not going to let it go on, but I didn't realise it done to the sneaky bastard. Oh, do it, do it. It's absolutely fine. I enjoy it. Uh, Michael Taylor's gone for Dorian DeVete. I'm not having that one. <laughs> uh, Stuart Taylor's gone for Chad Evans. And we're coming to the end of it now. We've got another vote for Village, Billy Sharp. We've got one vote for Henderson at Rochdale. And we've gone for Lee Gregory. Uh, sorry, Big Steve has gone for Lee Gregory or Steve Morrison from Millwall. So quite a range of options there. I've I hitched my uh, my colours to the master James Vaughan. Um, I think although he's he's in the in the mould of Adam Lafondre as this quick, um, nippy, and effective centre forward. I think it, the number of goals he scored for a struggling Berry side this year would stand him in good stead playing for Bolton. But Jimmy, if you were to sign any player from League One. You know, budget be damned, who would that be? Um, to be fair, I tried to think of it a bit out of the box and think who could we actually sign? Um, whether we be in the Championship or League One next year, who could we realistically afford and who'd, who I think could do the job? So I kind of ignored the Billy Sharps and... Uh, yeah, yeah, fair enough. I don't think we've got a cat and else chance of getting them. Um, but there's a couple of lads at Rochdale I really like. Um, there's a lad called Rafferty in midfield, um, who I think would be a real upgrade on... Um, some of the options we've got in midfield um, fit as a butcher's dog up and down all day um, real engine on him box to box and I think that's one thing we're missing um, and uh, a centre half called Canavan who I really like um, both young lads the right side of 25 who I think could do a job for us mm-hmm. um, and there's something about the keeper at Millwall Archer I thought he had a cracking game against us I think he's better than both of our keepers Um I know he came through at Spurs again. He's a young lad with a bit of resale value. I wouldn't mind seeing them three with us next year. Oh, yeah, I hope they have a nightmare Tuesday. But the crack, cracking young. I think I do like Keith, Keith Hill. He, he was my shout in the summer. Um, and he, he's very good at picking local lads up who've been let like, go by the bigger teams in Greater Manchester and, and getting some out of them. And, you know, if, if things don't work out with Parky or if he gets poached by Forrest or whoever, then I think we could do a lot worse than Keith. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, there's a lot. There's a lad, young lad at Blackpool scored at the weekend. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's called Sammy Lucy, and I reckon he could do a great job. At <laughs> <laughs> he fails the basic test of not playing in League One, you idiot. Oh, shit, they're in League Two, aren't they? Oh, <laughs> ah, bollocks. Ah, well. he did, he did play, didn't he play against us for Rochdale, though? He may well. Oh, yeah, he's only just gone to... Blackpool, so yeah, I yeah, I don't think he he was any great shakes at Rochdale, though, according to a couple of little Rochdale well, fans, I know. Unfortunately. Though, I do not know enough of League One to take Play, realistic Blake. players. Like, like Jimmy, I don't know anyone who we could actually sign. But obviously Dark and Sharp and Morris are all really good and those have players. But I really like John Fleck at Sheffield United. I was disappointed that we didn't try and get in for him in the summer when he was on a free agent from Coventry. Very good player. No, you know, no surprises in the leading teams for starting eleven. He, you know, we never signed him, obviously. But I'd like to see him in our team. But you know, I want a moon. You know, want a moonwalk. But life's a shit house. Eleven. We'll have we'll have new Chinese owners in the summer, Imagine. and we'll have Diego Costa up front. Aguero will be looking for a move, won't he? Mm. So mm. you know, if fitting, I think he'd do a job. Yeah, he'd well, get on the bench, won't he? Yeah, the hara- he wouldn't yeah, the obviously. Team, He's no going. No, well, who is? Who is? Let's face it. Well, hopefully, there's a sunny horizon on you know on the horizon. Hey, that's right. a botched ending, I must say. Speaking of botches, let's hope there's none of the elimination to neighbour. Ah, fuck me, I'm so so getting all my words wrong. Let's hope there's no botch. You're nervous. Elimination you're nervous, tonight, Chris. Yeah, you're nervous. It's, I know. It's 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 true. But you're nervous. It's an exciting an exciting night. I mean, 100%. who's going to stop Bray Wyatt's inexorable march for his first ever championship, eh? Mm. No one. It's coming. It's coming. By everyone, for fuck's sake. It's, oh, stupid wrestling. It's coming. Anyway. Mark my words. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the end of episode 71. I have been Dan Murphy. You've been joined by Chris and Jimmy. And Jimmy, where are you on Twitter? Where can people find you? Um, they can find me at Trotters, at Trotters Blog, which is the blog's website. I'm uh, keeping my head down on the personal profile at the minute. Mm-hmm. But um, oh, everything's through Trotters Blog at the minute. Mm-hmm. Chris, where can they find you? Yeah, usual places at nineteen manning eighty three or at Line of Vienna S T E. Happy to say hello to everyone who's interested in saying hello back. Well, 
Uh, of course, I'm always at, at Mabroski, and of course, as Chris just said, you can follow Line of Vienna at Line of Vienna Steve. You can go over to lineofviennasweet.com for a whole range of articles on football and banking, for you know, because that's what football is these days. <laughs> <sighs> so, if there's nothing else to say, lads, it's time to say goodbye. So, say goodbye, Jimmy. Cheers, thanks for having us again, CC. Always so. Say goodbye, Chris. Goodbye, Chris. It's goodbye from me. Say hello.